Unity Community of Central Oregon's podcast featuring Reverend Jane Hyatt. Today we're talking about salvation. And I bet you've heard the story about the, the African tribe that when somebody has done something that's really wrong, they, they form a circle and they put the, the person in the middle of the circle and they sing that person's cradle song. Have you heard that one? The cradle song is, so when in that tribe, when someone is born, there is a song that is specifically for them. It's called their cradle song. And it's the song that is designed to bring them, that person back home to themselves, which is reminded me of Rock Me in the Gentle Arms of Eden. We, so salvation is really about coming home to who we are. And this is, this is a key difference between those of us who practice what I would call new thought Christianity or metaphysical Christianity and those who practice mainstream Christianity which is what is in the environment that we have all grown up in. Even if we don't ascribe to that ourselves, that's what our, our country is founded on. And so we, we have that in us, even if we don't sign up for it. Okay, it's, it's there, it's in the air. And so it's important to understand the difference because lots of us are related to people who practice mainstream Christianity. And if we're not related to them, we have friends. And they're good people. It's not, it's not about good or bad, it's just about what the difference is. And it comes down to salvation. Back in the fifth century, there was a divide so first of all, you should know that there was never agreement on the teachings of Jesus. Even my guess is, if there were actually 12 disciples, they didn't agree with each other. But for sure, from there on out, there were all kinds of different groups that some thought this and some thought that, and it was just completely disorganized in terms of what people believed. So it isn't like you can say, well, Orthodox Christianity thinks this. No, Orthodox Christianity is just the winning team, okay? <laughs> there, there were lots of other ideas that were equally valid. It's, it's framed by a person's experience, right? So back in the fifth century, there was a, a real parting of the ways between two powerful individuals. One was a man named Augustine, and the other one was a man named Pelagius. One went down in history as a saint, and one went down in history as a heretic. And what was the difference? Ultimately, it was a bribe of the pope. But this position that Augustine held, and he was probably somebody who was one of these pessimists. We all know them, right? People that seem, you know, from the gate, they just see the glass half empty, and they're always spotting what's wrong. 
and he was probably one of those. And where, where he really saw what was wrong was in human nature. People were just defective and, and couldn't become better, except with the extra hand of God, through human sacrifice, no less, by the, the um, killing of Jesus. That was enough, finally, to satiate this God's anger. And, and then people had a chance. Over here, Pelagius, who was more of an optimist, he had the idea that people were basically good. And they could, they could grow and improve and be better. And these two opinions just did not mix. And so Augustine had the winning opinion because of the bribe. He bribed the pope with a bunch of horses. And, um, and so got Pelagius declared a heretic. And this went down in history. His opinion was influenced by an event in history, which was the sack of Rome. So you all remember that Rome at one time was a thriving civilization. They were the top of the heap. They, there was a lot of peace in the world, maintained by military might, but still there was peace in the world. And they thought that they would rule forever. Does that sound at all familiar to you? <laughs> anyway, that's what they thought. And then one day in come these, this horde of barbarians, and that's the end of Rome as the top of the heap. This was shocking to Augustine. He had not seen this coming. He couldn't, he couldn't believe that this was happening. He was devastated, and it just cemented the idea in his mind that people were terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. And, and so it gave him even more motivation to make sure that that idea was promulgated in the world. He came up with the idea of original sin not too long after that. That was not an idea in the Bible. It was not part of the teachings of Jesus. It was not part of the teachings of the Jewish community. It was something that St. Augustine, seeing through his dun-tinted glasses, came up with. And he, he believed that we were fatally flawed from birth and only God could save us. But that is not truth. It's just his idea that has been handed down over and over and over again through the centuries. This is important not because we're right and they're wrong. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm explaining the difference so that you understand that. But, but it's important because of our thinking. So because we are influenced by the energy of those around us and by the energy of our culture and our, our heritage, we have a tendency to think the way Augustine and his progeny thought, which is that there's something wrong with us. 
We don't tend to think in terms of how wonderful we are. Now, we talk about how wonderful we are all the time here, right? <laughs> but let me ask you what you're thinking at 11.30 at night or in the middle of the night when you wake up and you, you've got some challenge going on. Are you thinking the way Pelagius thought or are you thinking the way Augustine thought? Are you thinking, oh, this is terrible. I'm never going to be able to. Has anybody had that thought before? <laughs> Deep sigh, yes. It's, we do that. We go to that place. We think that we will never be able to solve whatever it is that's in front of us. And we have an ongoing series of challenges, right? It's called being human because we're creators and so we need something to create with. And so we get stuff, we get challenges and we get to work with that and create something. And that's a good thing, except that while it's happening, it doesn't usually feel that good. <laughs> but it is a good thing. It's, it's us being creators. But when we get stuck in this feeling that there's something very wrong with us, that we don't have what it takes, then we don't have the energy we need to do the creating. And so it's important for us to remember, to remember who we are. That we are this amazing light that has incarnated into this human form. That we can create anything. That whatever this problem is in front of us, we don't need a salvation from outside of us. How many times in our lives have we either in actual words, or we may as well have been, said, oh, God, help me. Isn't that a familiar feeling? We want, we want this power from outside of us to come in. The Greeks used to call us deus ex machina. It was God in a machine. So picture a hot air balloon, and there's a God in it, and it comes down. And this was a, a device that was used by playwrights when they got into a situation that, uh, what am I going to do now with this? They didn't know how to get the characters out of the problem that they were having. And so down came the god in the machine to solve the problem. It's a great little liter literary device. It looks artificial because it is. That isn't how things work. But, but we kind of want that, don't we? You know, have you ever said to yourself, oh, I wish I had a magic wand? It's kind of the same idea. We wish we had this power that we perceive to be outside of ourselves. But the thing is, the power is not outside, it's inside. The poet Robert Browning told about, talked about how we have to release the imprisoned splendor. That light is in us. We are the saviors. We are the saviors of our own lives. 
and it's contagious. When we are being in our own radiant light, it rubs off on everybody else. Doesn't it feel good to be here in this room? Because we're just, it's like when you go to the ocean and you feel those negative ions and you're just like, oh, it feels so rejuvenated. It's the same thing here. There's something that's in the air that we're giving off and radiating and everybody's bathing in it and it, you just end up being recharged. That's what we're here to be doing. We're not here to be telling ourselves that we're small. We're here to rise up. To rise up and be the light of the world. Right now we're in this season where we have um, Passover coming up and we have Easter. This year they're back to back, but in terms of unity, we're going to talk about Passover next week. And then the next week we're going to talk about Easter. Because these are really important cultural ideas that are moving from the idea of salvation. They're talking about how we, we get from a consciousness where we are stuck and small and trapped and we rise up to a consciousness where we are light shining. And they come at it from different angles, these two important feasts. But they're saying the same thing. It's really about salvation and how we claim salvation from the inside out. So this week, Ponder that. Ponder the light that you are. And take whatever challenges you have in your life or the challenges that people that you love have in their lives that they've told you about. And ponder them from the perspective of being a savior. Being one with that energy that saves the world. And as we do that, as we ponder that, we will rise up. We will change this world for the better. This is why we're here. Let's rise up together. <laughs>